I've really enjoyed um, the relationship series. And if you missed last week, you really have to, you have to go back and find it on, and go back and watch it um, from YouTube. Um, because it, Pastor Jim did a really great job. And especially at the end, you know, he really gave a charge, kind of like throughout his message, a charge to the men just on how to honor and love their wives, and then even in the end gave just a beautiful illustration of what that looked like. Um, and he was down on bended knee and really just kind of gave a picture of how, how a man leads his wife by humbling himself before the Lord. And, uh, and I am telling you, like, if you want to catch your wife's attention, men, like, lo- just, just follow Jesus, you know? Like, I'm, am I right, ladies? Like, there is nothing that, right? Go ahead, you clap. Somebody's clapping. Yes. <laughs> I was like, woo. I don't, uh, I, I, I was, you know, he handed me the mic and I'm like to pray and I, I was like stumbling for words. But it just, I'm like, my goodness, if you're looking for a wife or you want to catch your wife's attention, then follow Jesus. There is nothing that will catch our attention more than that. And so, um, anyway, it was a great message. I just want to encourage you maybe to, to go back and, and watch it if you can. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and dive in this morning uh, to the message that I have. And it's the last week of our relationship series. And uh, the title of my message is A Godly Legacy. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Now, some of you may be asking, what do you mean by legacy and what does this have to do with marriage? And so when you think of legacy, you, you might think of um, throughout history, all, like lots of people that have done really great things. You might think of, um, you know, George Washington or someone like uh, Winston Churchill or even Walt Disney that have la- left a lasting impact. There's even a man named uh, Norman Borlaff, known, and he was known as the father of the Green Revolution. And uh, you, 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 some of you might not even know his name, but through his work in agriculture and the fact of how he increased harvests and even some of the most desperate places, he was said to have saved over a billion lives. Like this man made a huge impact on the world. It was amazing. You know, but as a Christian, the gift that you give And the legacy that you leave and what you leave behind is worth even more than that. It's far more deeper and richer than that because it's a legacy that lasts for eternity. And I love this quote by Billy Graham. It says, the greatest legacy one can pass to one's children and grandchildren is not money or one of material things that are accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and of faith. And you know, a, a godly legacy, when you think about one that's been built on character and on faith, you think, how, how is that built? How do you build one? Like, like this man, Norman, and some of the names that I mentioned, they've done amazing things. But how do I build a legacy that, is, that passes on for eternity? It's built in our everyday little choices. It's built in the everyday little things that we do. It's, it's who we are. It's our story. It's how we, what we believe. It's how we live our lives. It's how we respond to life. And in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Follow God's example. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly children, a walk and walk in the way of love, 
just as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators, walk in love as Christ has loved us. And we get to do this in our marriage relationship because um, it, the marriage relationship is really, it's God's picture of how he loves us. That's why he gives us instructions on how to do it, right? Like it's supposed to be how we show the world how God loves us. That's why he says, men, love your wives as Christ loves the church. He's saying, here's a picture because I'm trying to show the world how you give yourself up for one another and love one another. And Pastor Jim even shared last week that marriage is really not about us. It's not about making us happy. It's, it, it really is something that makes us better, that will refine us. And, uh, you know, even in my own life, I can think there is probably very few life situations, and I'm sure you can attest to this, that will test your true Christianity like your marriage relationship, right? And all the married people said... Amen. <laughs> That's right, because it's not always easy. And it's because of the intimate relationship. You have different personalities. You have strengths and weaknesses. You have likes and dislikes, not to mention the fact that you're a man and a woman. You know, like you're just completely different, and it's a miracle that you come together in the covenant relationship that you do. Jim and I have been married for uh, 19 years, and I love that man with all of my heart. But I can honestly say that I have been tested. My Christianity, I will call Miss Debbie and say, am I saved? <laughs> is it like, like, what is wrong with me? Why did I respond that way? Why do I feel this way? Like, are you sure I'm saved? And she's like, yes, you're saved. <laughs> you're even filled with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and so then I go back to God and he continues to work on me and he continues to, I continue to grow and mature and and, uh, and, he, and as we begin to, to grow and as we allow God to work in our lives through marriage, that is how our godly legacy is built because it's the life that we're living. And as we allow God to work on us and refine us through our marriage, then we're building this godly legacy. And so marriage can really lay a foundation for building a godly legacy. Now, to leave a godly legacy, there's, there's two things that you, have to, that you have to know. And the first is leaving a godly legacy really requires, like, a reality check. I mean, like, like, a reality check is, like, have you ever been in a conversation with maybe a friend or a family member? And, or maybe even says it's a stranger, and you're like, they need a reality check. Like, somebody needs to tell them, and I'd like to be the one to do it. Like, can I please just give them a reality check? Well, what you're saying is they don't really, they're not seeing clearly. They're not thinking clearly. They're not seeing that situation for what it really is. And they need someone to show them the truth. They need someone to help them come out of the clouds and see what's really going on. And I can remember, you know, um, when I first got married 20 years ago, I was 21, and I had no idea what the purpose of marriage really was about. I thought, if I was happy, he must love me. And if I'm not happy, then he must not love me. And, you know, I know it's easy for probably some of you to say, oh, well, you know, I, I know that. I know marriage is, you know, really not about me. Like, I know it's about giving up. But... 
ladies, when you have been maybe at work all day, right? You've been at work all day or maybe you've been at home with the kids all day and you come home and the house looks like a bomb went off and so you're trying to pick it up because you know that your husband's going to be home and you haven't really sat down for two seconds but you are pushing forward to get dinner on the table because you know that he's coming home. And then he comes strolling through the door from work and, and he doesn't say anything. Maybe he doesn't greet you or maybe he doesn't mention the house. Maybe he doesn't notice the work that you've put forth or, or, the, or even realize the effort that it took to get dinner on the table. Or men, maybe when you come home, you might think, she doesn't even really seem happy to see me. Like, like I come home and it seems like she's complaining and, 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 or she's telling me about all these things that I have to fix. And, and, and it, it just seems like we don't really have fun anymore. And, and you know, I really don't feel like I, that she respects my decisions, especially when it comes to the finances. I mean, you know, like I just, I don't, I don't, I'm struggling with this. And, you know, the thing is, is it's easy to say, oh, well, I know that marriage is not about me. But when you're faced with those real life situations, it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, to make the right, to, to make the right decisions. There's going to be times when you are challenged in your commitment and your love to one another. And you have, think about it. Are you going to still show love and affection? Are you going to still give the respect that that maybe that the, that your husband needs? And the thing you have to think about the reality check is that there will come a time whenever it's hard, whenever it's hard to respond the way that you should respond. But the reality check is is that there's something bigger at stake. The reality check is it's not really about that one emotion or that argument. It's about the legacy that you're building together. And the enemy attacks your marriage not because he's trying to just you know, fight these little quarrels and there's these little tiffs between you and your husband. It's because he's after your seed. He's after your legacy. It is so much bigger than he didn't, he didn't say anything to me when I had dinner on the table. Or, or maybe she didn't, uh, I expected her to respond a little bit differently and, and maybe we've not been intimate in a long time. It's so much bigger than that, which is the reason why we have to push through and we have to work through, we have to commit to one another to work on our marriage, to love one another, because that's really what the enemy's after. That's why that he attacks our marriages. And um, I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. We have to fix our eyes on what is eternal, even in our marriage and in our relationship. Because it's about what we're passing down to our children, to our grandchildren, and even the, even the people around us. You know, I can remember whenever a time whenever Jim and I were in counseling and it was separately. Because, you know, sometimes you have to do that if you can't get through it together. <laughs> I'm just speaking. I'm like, I just want to work on myself. I just want to work on me. And so there was a time whenever I just felt stuck. You know, I didn't feel, I didn't know how to move forward, and I just felt like I hit this wall. And then I, I realized, I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of gave me this bird's eye view of my marriage and my relationship. And he's like, 
do you, do you see, it was just like this, this veil that had been removed, like, like he uncovered the, really what was going on. It was like this reality check, and it was like, he let me see, do you understand what you're fighting for here? Do you understand why you're hitting this wall, why you're, why, well, you're not just, you're struggling because you're, you're breaking through something. Do you not see the battle that your parents had in their marriage and that their grandparents had in their marriage and that you're fighting? He just gave me this vision that you're fighting for your legacy. You're fighting to change something that has been in your family history for generations. And you're fighting for that to be different for the ongoing generations. And so it just left something in me that just gave me this picture that there, this reality check of there, it's so much bigger than what we can be distracted with or we, that we can focus on at times. And um, <clears throat> the, re, the reality check is, is what are you really fighting for? Basically, it's what are you really fighting for? If you ask yourself, what are you really fighting for? Is it about the pile of clothes? Is it about the dinner? Is it about that we haven't been intimate? Is that what you're really fighting for? And just to take a good, I just to challenge you to take a good look and ask yourself, what are we fighting for? What are we really, are we fighting against each other? Or are we fighting for this godly legacy that we're building together? So the second thing you have to know is that legacy is like a relay race. And so, you know, our life as Christians and leaving a godly legacy is a lot like a runner in a relay race. And I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Uh, it says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one person and in a relay race, it would be one team gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. When he says only one gets the prize, really what he's saying is he's given an example. How, how do you live your life? How, do you, how are you living your life? Are you running your race and your life with purpose and with passion and, and with as hard and as fast as you can because there's only one person that's going to get it? Or are we asleep? Are we just going through life without purpose? And then he says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. And I, I've had a friend recently that uh, went into a fitness competition, and she was online and, um, like, kind of journey, like, journaled her journey, basically, online, and, uh, and, and talked about this, how strict, how talked about she couldn't even have coffee towards the end. Like, I mean, that's a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. To maybe not to everybody, but to me it's a big deal. But I mean like strict, strict, strict diet. And then towards the end, not even coffee, like very strict. Thinking about the discipline that goes into something that it will only last for this lifetime. And then we think, I think, you know, how much more discipline should we be uh, ourselves just in our walk with God, just doing the basic essentials like prayer, like praying and reading our Bible. And, you know, like you have these athletes that 
go into strict training for that trophy or that title, and yet we are fighting and running the race for an eternal prize. There's an eternal prize at stake, and uh, and. And, it's, and, and we have to discipline ourselves just for the little things, just for the basics of prayer. And so I want to encourage you, August 12th, we have 21 days of prayer coming up. It takes a discipline to get there. It's every morning from 6 to 7 a.m. at our Dream Center campus. And then on Saturday mornings, it will be at 9 a.m. But it starts um, August 12th, 21 days of prayer. But that takes a discipline. There's a little disciplines. I know Pastor Jim has talked about the 555, the, you know, five minutes of reading your Bible, the five minutes of praying and five minutes of worship and just the little disciplines in life. And uh, we're not always going to feel like it. We're not always going to feel like responding to our spouse the way that we should. What are the disciplines that we're doing in our marriage? Have we been to a marriage conference? You know, Jim and I have set a... Um, thing that we're going to go to a marriage conference once a year. Once a year, we have our, we're going to begin, Anchor Ben's going to begin to have our marriage conference, marriage conferences as well, but we want to attend a marriage conference to where we're, we're pouring into our marriage. That's our discipline for our marriage. We used to have planning weekends, which I really want to get back to this, but it's a weekend where we get away and we talk about the vision for our marriage. Like the word tells us that we we perish for a lack of knowledge and a lack of vision. And so we would get together for a weekend and we would talk about, we would talk about us as a couple and where do we want to be in five or ten years and, and list our kids out and what are the vision for our kids? What do we see in them? What are their gifts? What can we do to develop them? Financially, what do we want to have? Like, do we want to have a place where we retire or a place, that, a weekend home? Or do we, what are the things that we're doing, our vision? We're disciplining ourselves and we're putting work into our marriage because of the legacy that we're leaving. So I love the last part. It just says, I, therefore, I do not uh, run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. And it, I, I just thought, you know, if you had this vision of a relay runner, what if one leg of the race, somebody's just running in circles? They're just running around aimlessly. They're never reaching the goal. And it's meaning, are we living our lives with purpose? Do we know where we're going in life? Do we have the direction that we need from God? The scripture refers to a uh, relay race, and it's a great picture of what our lives should be like because we are when we leave a godly legacy, we're passing the baton. We're passing the baton to those that are behind us. And, I, you know, lately I have been pondering this in my own life. You know, am I, mar am I just living the married life or am I being diligent? Like I was mentioning, like going to a conference or planning a vision. Am I being diligent? Am I being purposeful when I love my husband? Or am I just doing what I feel like he wants? Or am I asking him and doing specifically how he wants to be loved? Or even in with my kids, you know, as, my, as your kids get older, when, when they're little, you hold them. And you, you hold them and you explain things to them. But as they get older, it's a little different. It's a little different when they get older. And, I, and recently I was just thinking with my children, you know, I, I don't know about you parents, but have you ever like thought about how much you love your kids and how precious they are like after they go to bed? Like after they go to bed and then you're having all the, you're even laughing at their jokes after they go to bed. And I was like, why didn't I laugh when he actually did that? And it's like, because I was frustrated because he wasn't listening. <laughs> 
But I'm like, why didn't I do that, you know? And even sometimes Jim and I will have conversations about how much we love our kids. And then one day I, I was doing that, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, do they know that? Like, that's, it's good that it's all in your heart and in your head. And, you know, and, I, and I, it was really just like this, wow. Like, even with my husband and even with the church and these people and the people around us, like, I have so much passion and love in my heart for my kids, for my husband, for the people in this church, for people around me. Like, there's, like, there's, like, I love deeply, but do they know that? Have I told them lately? Like, have I showed them, like, Today, have I showed them today how much I love them? Have I told them that there's gifts on the inside of them? I see it, but have I told them? I see this in you. There's gifts in you. There's a legacy in you. Have I shared that with them? And as I was preparing, I felt like there was a few things that God wanted me to address. And one of them was to some women and to some wives to tell you to stop waiting on your spouse that there's some part of this race that is yours. It's your leg of the race. And I can remember um, Stephanie and I were actually having this conversation the past this past week, and I thought there's been times in my life where I have been frustrated because God has put something in my heart, and I've told my husband, wanting him to get excited about it and wanting him to take initiative, and he didn't, so I didn't do it. So I didn't push through and I didn't do it because he didn't do it first or say, hey, come on, let's go or show the initiative. And so then I'm frustrated. I'm mad and I'm feeling purposeless and I'm frustrated because he's not showing the passion and the excitement that I wanted him to. But that's because it was my leg of the race to run. It was, it was, it was my job to push that forward, to do what God's told me to do in my heart. And so I just really, you know, I thought some of you are mad at your spouses because you're stuck or because of the season that you're in, and it's not his fault. It's yours. It's yours. And I say that in such a loving way because I'm like, you're, you're my ladies. But it's, not, but it's not his fault. It's your fault because God put it in your heart. And it's not that you're going to do everything separate, but it may be your leg of the race. It's your turn to carry the baton. There's a legacy in you just the same. And then also singles, you know, singles, they'll say, when I, well, when I get married, when I get married, we'll do this and we'll do that together. I just have to say, you don't need a guy or a girl to validate the ministry and the gifts of God on the inside of your life. You have gifts on the inside of you that God has placed there for you to, to act on, to move forward on. He places those there for a reason. And the truth is, is if you're running and you're running that race, the only way you're going to meet him is if he's running the race too. He better be running, right? Right? I mean, like, you got to both be running. So don't wait for your spouse or for a guy or a girl to validate you pick up the baton and run. And then also I felt like God put this in my heart. Widows, if you're widowed, there is a legacy in you. If you are on this earth, then you are still in the race. You are still in the race. Yes. And there are people 
that you can pass that baton to, you are still in the race. And it really applies to all of us. It's not just enough to have the love of God in our hearts and have this passion in our heads and all in our thoughts and never share it. We're not called to run this race alone. And as I researched, I thought it was interesting because a relay race is a little more difficult than just the race that you would normally run just by yourself, the straight race. It requires a little bit more effort. And I've asked my niece, Brianna, to help me with this. I just want to illustrate for just a moment. So in a relay race, you're not just running from here to there, point A to point B, but it's a little bit more difficult because you not only you have a baton, and so you're running as hard and fast as you can, and as you approach the next runner, they begin to run. But then there's a moment where you are running to catch up with them, and you're matching speeds so that you're running together. You're running together so that whenever it comes time, seamlessly, you can make the transition and pass the baton. That transition is critical. Thank you, Brianna. <clears throat> that transition is critical. God cares about the transition. Because you can run as hard and as fast. You can be successful. You can do great things. And you can do all this stuff. But yet, if, you're, if we're not leaving a legacy, a godly legacy that, that passes on to the next generation, to the next generation for eternity, then we have lost the race. I've thought, as I did some research on a relay race, I thought that this was really interesting about the transition. It says, if you run out of your lane during the baton pass, because you're, maybe you're not focused, you're not paying attention, you're not paying attention on where you're going. If you run out of your lane, you'll be disqualified. If you drop the baton, you'll be disqualified. If you cross the finish line without the baton, you will be disqualified. Church, I don't wanna lose this race. I don't want to lose this race because I have gone out of my lane or because I have dropped the baton. Don't be disqualified. Don't get out of your lane because you're distracted and maybe in a relationship that you really shouldn't be in and, and you're not paying attention to where you're going. Don't be disqualified because you've dropped the baton because somewhere along the way you've been hurt and you're offended and you're hurting, but yet you've quit. You quit trying because you're hurt. And young people, and maybe even some adults, you might be thinking, nobody ever gave me a baton. The runner before me dropped that baton. I wasn't handed a baton for a godly marriage. I wasn't handed a baton for someone to show me about godly character and faith and what a family and how it's supposed to function. And I felt like God just said, that's okay because I'm here to help you finish that race. And I'm gonna send you people that are gonna help you finish that race. And I felt like, you know what I felt like God said? I felt like God said, pick up the baton and start running. If nobody handed you a baton, then don't worry about it. You just pick it up 
and start running because somebody is going to come alongside you at some point and you're going to be running the race together and they're going to teach you and they're going to show you so that you can pass that baton and leave the, get, uh, leave the godly legacy that we're talking about. I love, I'm going to close with this quote by Peter Stropel and it says, legacy is not leaving something for people, it's leaving something in people. We have to, you have to fight for your marriages. You have to fight for the godly legacy, the one that will last for eternity. You have to fight for that. You're in this race to pass that baton. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, I just pray, Lord, I pray for every person here, God, the ones that are in the middle of the race, that are running hard and fast. There's some that are, in the transition phase, God. Lord, there's some that may be at the end of the race. And God, you have a purpose for it all. And God, I pray that, Lord, today, Father, that that you would, um, Lord, just give your grace, Father. Give your grace over the marriages, Lord. I pray that, marriage, that our marriages in Anchor Bend and just in this world, God, that there would be a turning point. Father, that there would, uh, that people would know the true purpose for marriage. Lord, that they would know that, that God, that it's really not all about us, but it's all about you. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that there is a legacy in each one of us. And Father, I pray that that, that legacy would be revealed, God, that we would not, um, that the passion and the love in our head and our hearts, God, that there would be a new boldness and a new courage, God, that we would see our lives as a uh, relay race, God, that we would begin to bring others alongside of us, that we wouldn't just live our lives quietly, but God, that we would share the why, that we would tell people that we love them, we would show them that we love them and, and why we love them, God. Why, Father? So that we can build a lasting legacy, Father. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, maybe you're here this morning and you've heard me talk and maybe you feel like you have dropped the baton. You're the one. Maybe you feel like, God, I've dropped that baton. Or maybe you feel like, man, I don't even know where I've been, but I am not in the right lane. I have gone out of the lane and I feel far from God. Well, Romans 3.23 tells us that, you know what, we have all sinned and fallen short of the the standard that God has set. And so, and it also says that, you know, that it's our sin that separates us from God. And God doesn't, God doesn't want that. He's always there. He's always faithful. So the good news is, is that we don't have to stay like that. We don't have to stay far from God. So even if you feel far from God, or maybe you just, you don't have a relationship with him at all, and you want one this morning, I wanna invite you into the family of God. I wanna invite you to run this race together. And if that's you in a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna count to three to give you a moment just to think and to pray. I, I really feel like God may be just speaking to some of you. And when I count to three, I want you to just lift your hands. We're not gonna embarrass you. I'm just gonna lead you through a prayer. And it's not, it's not about the prayer. It's not about the words. It's about what happens in your heart. And so we pray the prayer together as a confession to God that we're surrendering our lives to Him. 
And it's, and it's a confession, but, but, the, but the salvation happens in our heart. And so if that's you this morning, I want you to just raise your hands. One, two, three. Just lift your hands up. And I would just want to pray. Church, will you pray with me this morning? Let's pray out loud. Jesus, I need you. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. I surrender my life now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can we just celebrate what God has done?